Welcome to the Everyday PM Podcast, the podcast where we discuss project management principles for your everyday life. My name is Ann Campia, and I'm a certified program slash project manager about a decade now, and I'm happy to welcome to the pod Mr. Michael Hamilton, direct sales representative at Abbott and fellow graduate of USC's master's program in project management. Michael, thank you so much for joining me and for supporting the podcast. And thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here to support the podcast. We are here to talk about today's topic, which is on change management. And before we get into this topic, Michael, why don't you take a brief moment to introduce yourself to our listeners? Yes, absolutely. Yes, I am in the Chicago area. I've been working in medical devices starting back in 2003, and I've been in this industry since then. I uh, took a break and got my master's. That's where I met Anne, and I decided to get back into this industry because I love it so much. And so I've been in in the Chicago area um, since October as a direct sales rep. Yeah. And I think, you know, Michael, if you have it, please give Michael a follow on LinkedIn. We'll, we'll shout out to our LinkedIn profiles later on in the podcast, but Michael is very passionate about project management. And he's one of the people in our cohort who truly cared about the subject matter. And, and not to say that not everybody cared about project management, but there are some people who actually want to learn about it and and really support project management as it evolves as an industry and are just really passionate about some of these topics. And I know, Michael, you you are very passionate. I'm excited to hear about your passion about change management in particular, uh, because you are actually the one who approached me wanting to talk about this topic. So I'm super excited to hear your thoughts on change management. So why don't we start with why are you so passionate about it? I'm passionate about change management because we live in a world of change. I mean, the one constant thing in life is change. And when I decided to come back into the sales rep in this position here in Chicago, I immediately started noticing change. And I also, you know, I I, I noticed how despite people having the skill sets and understanding how important change is, there was still a lack of understanding the importance of how to implement change the right way. And right. it just became so apparent that this is something that needs to be talked about, whether it's changing your sales strategy or changes within, with, within your team, there's a certain way that you should approach it. And even so today, I, I just see so much change and I see so much, Uh, change is happening and it's not being managed the right way. And I just wanted Mm -hmm. to talk about it basically. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, right. Change is everywhere, whether it's in our personal lives or our professional lives, change is daunting to a lot of people. And so the process of change is very important because the last thing we want to do as project managers is be the champion for a change that does not resonate through time if that's the right, right. right? You can make a change, a change can happen, but if it's not a lasting change, then you have to ask the reason why did it not take up with the rest of your team? Why did this change not carry through for the longevity of what it was supposed to be? And so most people 
just don't like change, right? They, they, they're uncertain and change carries with it this level of uncertainty that to people, whether it's in your, again, your personal and everyday life or your professional life, change can just cause anxiety or stress or worry amongst people because with change comes this uncertainty. So that's why it's really important for us as project managers to be this champion of change. And it's really driven through the processes and and how we carry through with the change implementation. So I would love to hear your thoughts on if you have any change techniques or tools or processes that have worked for you and why they've worked for you, Michael. Absolutely. And I think you hit on some, some great points there. People need to know why, why are we changing? And in my particular example, it's, and not to get into my particular example too far much sure. into the weeds, but generally I, I want to say that it, it's, it's very important to, to w- within a team setting to understand that each person deserves to know why the change is happening. To go in and implement a change and not communicate the reason why, you're going to have a problem with one important thing, and that's buy-in. You're not going to have the buy-in from your team and the change is not going to last. So I think that the, the first thing that I would like to see within my organization and my team or within any type of change is meeting with the team members, understanding that each person needs to know why, and then receiving that feedback from that team member. There may be some issues that they have about the change, and those things need to be cleared up. But if you do not have those conversations or think that they're important or have the awareness to know, then you could really be fighting, you know, a huge problem. I mean, you're going to have resistance. You're going to have people that are going to be passive, you know, aggressive and not really and try to sabotage mm-hmm. the change. You have all those things that happen and they're working against you. And all you need to do is have a conversation, communicate the why and get the buy-in, Right. And make sure that everyone is aligned with what, okay, the, the end goal is to reach this goal here, the project, or this is where we're going, and this is why this change is necessary. Everyone on the team needs to understand that. And, and it sounds simple, but people really, they fail on those little small fundamental things of communicating the why, and it kind of, it leads them into so much trouble. Yeah, absolutely. Communication is so very important, right? And we need to make sure that communication not only expresses the why, as you're saying, but also addresses kind of that humanity, that human side of things that in that your communication is speaking to all the different layers of your organization, Uh, whether it's your project team, whether it's your top management think that communication is absolutely critical. I completely agree with you, Michael. Is there any particular tools that you utilize to make sure that the communication is crisp and transparent to those that you need to uh, implement the change with? You know, we, we learned so much in, in our in our program. And there was one book and there's one, um, you know, there was one that I, that comes to mind is, is ADCAR. And, um, you know, the... I, I use that methodology or that tool to kind of frame what I want. I kind of use it to, to augment my approach. But yeah, you know, I, I, I look at just each person, right? And 
So sometimes those tools for, for one person is not the best tool for the other person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think having some type of model to use to kind of make sure you're touching on all the points is, is, is important to, to, to uh, do that. So at CAR, as you know, is awareness, desire, knowledge, ability, and reinforcement. So that's a book by uh, Jeffrey Hyatt and he came up with this philosophy and, and, and this theory. So I, I, I use that sometimes to kind of create like a broad frame uh, to make sure that, you know, at the end it says reinforcement because, you know, at the end, you have to make sure you have the buy-in, but you have, you have to make sure that you are reinforcing that change. And what are you doing to reinforcing that change, whether it's weekly meetings where you're getting updates or, you know, just a general communication or just an email. But you want to make sure that there's first buy-in and that the person understands why they're changing. And another thing, too, making sure that they understand the benefit yeah. and they focus. That there's a focus on benefit benefit realization, realizing that this is, there's a benefit to this change and focus on that and not this painful process, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Let's keep our eye on the prize. So there's, there's many different, you know, tools out there, but the best thing is just, you know, communicate, you know, talk yeah, to people absolutely. And, and listen. And um, those interpersonal skills are, are so important. And it's a challenge too, because on my team, we have, um, team members that are from all generations. You have generation, sure. you know, X, Y, and Z, and all across <laughs> the map, right? Yeah, so different expectations, different perspectives. Right, and they communicate differently. So one model that you might use for someone like you and I, you know, may not be the best model for someone that's younger than us. So sure. it's like finding the best way, how do they communicate, getting that buy-in, reinforcing and making sure people understand what the end goal is and focus on those benefits. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you had this conversation, right? Where one of your team members or somebody at your organization has asked, what's in it for me? I feel like from- that is that is the <laughs> one of the key questions that you need to be prepared to answer. And that answer is going to change depending on who you're speaking to. Right. Right. So the the end benefit may be slightly different depending on which team you're communicating the change to. So you as the PM really need to not only be aware of the change, you need to, according to Adcard, desire the change, but you need to inspire the desire for the change amongst a lot of very different people. And so to your point, it goes back to not only wanting to support and be the champion of the change, but having the knowledge of what the change is, how that's going to impact all of the various team members that you're communicating to. What is their ability? Because that's that second A in ADCAR, right? What is the team's ability to actually implement the change? And that's where we as PMs also need to be aware of. The team may be lacking certain tools, resources, knowledge, whatever that may be, there may be gaps in the team's ability to implement the change. And so that's where we can support those teams as well. So it's about having the crisp and transparent communication, but it's also doing that assessment to understand what the ability is for the change. And then ultimately, again, to your point, Michael, reinforcing it. Because again, going back to our first point of the podcast, if you're implementing a change and it doesn't stick, then what was it all for, right? And right, so correct. People kind of just get exhausted by 
having to implement change if it's not an actually a change that will continue to benefit the team or the organization. And look, the reality is we may implement a change tomorrow that in a few months may have to change again. But it's always, we need to just make sure people are aware that it's always going to be in the best interest and benefit of either that team, that individual, or the organization. And that's really the core of what I think you're getting at is it goes back to that communication. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, for me, um, I had to really look at myself. Um, I came into a team and I was the X factor. I'm a new guy coming into a team. And my mindset was prior to coming into this team, how did I succeed? What tools that I used to reach the success that I reached back in the past. Mm-hmm. But there is a saying, what got you there won't get you here. Or, you know, you have to use different, it's a different time. So you have to be able to, okay, you can't rely on your past experiences. You can learn from them, but they don't always translate to success in the future. You have to be able to use that, but then you have to be able to, to pivot. Yeah. And I, for me, it was, uh, I, uh, I had to really change my mindset of like letting go of power. And that was a change for me because I'm a control person and I want to control the results. And this is my territory and I want to do it this way. But then what's the perception there? You know, perception yeah. management is very important when you're trying to implement change with a, with a team. Look at yourself. How do you think you're being perceived? And then when I, I, I really dove into that, I, I said, you know, this probably is not coming off the way I think it should. It's not going to I'm not going to get the results because I had to realize that, OK, I, I have to let go of my ego because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we're trying to as a team, we're trying to get there. We're trying to get to that future state in this territory. We want to get revenues to where they need to be. We want to take market share. How do we get there? It's not about me. So changing oneself can be the most challenging and the biggest step that we do, uh, that we're able to do to really start implementing change within others and how we approach them and understanding that, okay, let me look at myself and how I am being perceived by my team. Is it effective? Is it not effective? It said, okay, well, let's pivot. Okay, this hasn't worked. All right, there's animosity, there's issues. And I'm seeing myself pointing the finger, but let me look at the mirror and say, is there anything else I can do, change within myself, change management within me to have to bring a different approach and let's try that. And so that was a big step for me, mm-hmm. uh, changing my mindset. And, and just and usually it was just coming out to how I approach a meeting with a person. It's, instead of saying, hey, I'm trying to do this, it's more of like, we need to do this because we need to get there. Or how do you feel that we need to do these different things to reach these goals? And really getting the feedback from my team. So changing your approach also, it's key in, in making a change, right? It's like looking at yourself. That's beautifully yeah. said. And something that people often forget is that the yeah. change should start from within. Whether we're even talking about project management and change management within that process, 
or we're just talking about our everyday lives, right? When it comes to just making a change for the benefit of ourselves. I love those words of wisdom, Michael. I can't, I'm, I'm eager to just jump out of my seat after hearing you say all of that, because again, it's something I think that is often overlooked and please, if you guys are listening to the podcast, definitely take that into account even before you try to implement a big change, because I think that often can be the hindrance to us being that champion for change because people are not perceiving us in the way that we would need them to be able to receive the change that we're trying to implement. Beautifully exactly. said, I completely agree. My mind is blown in some, some ways, Michael, and I'm, I know that's the reason why you're on the podcast today. <laughs> um, I wanted to run through really quickly. There's a list of 10 principles to change management um, outlined in an article that's posted on strategy-business.com, which I'll make sure there's a link to this article uh, with the podcast as well. But I want to hear your thoughts on whether you agree with any or all of these principles, if there's anything missing from this list, okay? Because as you're talking through change management, being our change management guru, I think you've touched on most of these, which again, I, I, you are our change management person here. So number one is address the human side systematically, which I think you, you, you definitely addressed already. Um, two is start at the top, right? So start with your leadership. If you can mm-hmm. get the executive teams working together to position right. you for success. Number three, involve every layer. So oh, again, yeah, absolutely. all the different yes. layers of the organization, what's that impact? Yes make the formal case. And again, that kind of is tied to your communication point here. So make sure it's rational, make sure you're asking the right questions, make sure you're formulating the right case, Uh, create ownership. That one's a good one too, right? Because if people feel ownership there, oh no, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I just don't want to, I don't want to miss out on, 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 because these are all excellent. These are all excellent. I, I want to just like touch on each one, oh, right? Of course. Like the like the first one is so important because I think we we learned this. You have to win over the heart and the mind, mm-hmm. right? And your heart and your mind and your the emotional part of it. Like I, you may have people on your team that's very emotional, right? And they're emotionally driven, right? You know, sometimes they don't think, you know, the same way you think. But emotion is something, it's a common thing that we all share, right? The emotion. Sure. So if we can win over the hearts and minds, and this is something that we learned in our, in our program, that is the first thing. And, and so the hu- humanity of that, that's, that's part of that, right? Mm-hmm. That, that emotion, right? And then giving them that knowledge and understanding of why we're changing and the benefits of it, getting that buy-in, but then the emotional component is, is so important as well. Number two was start at the top, start at the top, you know, that, you know, and one thing that I have, um, it's, it's, is, is also important too. if people that are in organizations like I am right now is, is how to strategically lead up, mm-hmm. right. Leading upward with, with, through your organization. Right. Yeah, so that point. is very important. How do you do that? And, and make sure you're able to influence and open the minds of leadership because oftentimes from the top, their perspective is very narrow because it's they're in their meetings and, and they're trying to figure things out. And 
they need a broader perspective, but it, it's limited because of their position. Mm-hmm. If you're out in the field, right, and you see the daily challenges and you are able to understand what's needed to be communicated upward, how do you strategically do that to get the changes that you want? Yeah. Changes normally come top down, but there's, it's important for the leaders out there to understand we need to, to in order to really implement lasting change that's going to be effective and efficient and really going to drive the sales or whatever you tr- the end goal is, you have to get the feedback from all the different levels. So that starts, that culture, that mindset needs to start at the top. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Involve every number, layer. Number involve, three. Yeah. And so it starts at the top. So everybody has to have that buy-in. So it's one thing to have it at the top. If it stops at the middle layer and that's not communicated down, it does, doesn't do any good. Yeah. So if you have directors or whatever you call the people at the top, directors and managers and regional managers, you're a different, the reps, whatever, each person has to be aligned. So that's alignment, right? So we're all aligned with how we communicate, how we provide our feedback and that flow both ways. Both ways. How do you gather the data, the information to drive where we're going to go? Yeah, absolutely. And and the the change has to be cascaded across those multi layers, right? It it can't just be the PM championing the change or or executive leadership saying you need to change. It's it has to cascade throughout all of the different layers that need to implement the change. And look, the reality is, I think you know this too, Michael. There's going to be some people who will just never be okay with change. Right. Or, right. or they will never buy off on the idea of the benefit to them. And that's fine. Right. But I think ultimately right. what you want is you want at least all of the layers to be synergy. There's synergy between all of the layers so that holistically everyone's supporting the change in some way. Right. I mean, we, we saw that we, with, huge organizations look at blockbuster they refuse to change right and what happened to them netflix approached blockbuster video and however it went down there was refusal to to change and we all know what happened the reality of it is yeah yeah, the reality of that so yeah Mm -hmm. i mean you, you do have i mean it exists and at all levels, right? So yeah, absolutely. You, you're going to have that pushback, and organizations are some will have more difficulty with understanding how the world of information is is now. And in my industry, in medical devices, you know, it's very competitive, and t- and is driven by new technology. And one company having this technology and jumping over this one because we have a better technology, and then they're the competitors in having a better technology. And so it's, it's a constant fight of, of, of who has the latest and the greatest. And so that involves constant change Yeah. because you're at the top right now, doesn't guarantee that you're going to be there one year, two years, three years down the road. You have to constantly be ready to, to implement whatever technologies that, that are out there to stay competitive and to take the leadership role and position within the market. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, two more points here in terms of the the list principles we're looking at is assess the cultural landscape, right? Make sure that culturally 
the company organizations open to change. Some are not as their appetite is just not there for change. So that that could be a challenge for a PM to try to break through with a project that's implementing a change when the culture itself is just not available to you. So is there, do you have any tips in terms of trying to shift a cultural perspective on change management? So culture is, it's a, it's a very broad, broad word, right? And so for me personally, at my level is, is okay. Um, so dealing with the individual culture of a person, right? And when you, when you're driving change um, and going back to Adkar, he really, this book talked about changing each person, right? For, you got to change each individual person on the team, yeah. right? How do you do that? And a part of that is understanding their culture. And that's something that I personally had to, okay, let me really think about that and put that into, into consideration when I'm communicating and when I'm and understanding, you know, culturally, how do I break through these barriers, whether it's language or, or what, what have you, those things have to be addressed individually. Now, from an organization that's making sure everyone's aligned to understand culturally, we, un, we are someone, this culture, how we implement our processes is agile, we ready, we were able to pivot, we want to get the feedback, we we're open to change and we're, we, we, we accept the risk of it and we understand it and we have the tools to make sure that we are successful and we embrace it, right? So it's a lot of different ways to look at culture within organizations and within individuals and how you address it when you're dealing with change. Yeah, absolutely. And guess what? The change, the, the uh, culture, cultural change may be the project. That may actually be the project, right? Yes. Or yes. creating enthusiasts about the change, right? Getting those people that are supportive of the change just comes along with our role to convince those of the benefits of the change. So they're kind of intertwined with all the other things that we're talking about and doing. So I think as things shift amongst people and individuals, you'll also kind of see that cultural shift happen across the organization as well to accept the change. And I think the last, yeah. the last principle I would want to touch on with you, Michael, is this idea of preparing for the unexpected. Because as we all know, projects, mm. programs don't always go according to plan. So just be yeah. ready for that as well. And any, any kind of last tips on preparing for the unexpected? You know, last year, I mean, <laughs> that was totally unexpected. Was, Everyone we, got hit we with have, that one. I mean, that was like the Black Swan. You know, <laughs> the, the, thing, <laughs> the thing about um, being the unexpected is, is, is it's going to happen. And, you know, for me, I have a hard time, not really a hard time, but I, when I'm writing down a plan of action, like, okay, this is my, my plan for this year is going to be this. I'm going to write down this big plan. I'm going to do all these different things. And as I am compiling, I'm coming up with this great plan of success. By the time I've hit that last keystroke, things are already changed. (laughs) That's going to affect what I've started. So you have to kind of embrace change. You have to kind of embrace it 
when it happens, you say, okay, well, let's, this is what we planned on doing here. Well, let's, let's readjust and let's push out that deadline. We knew that that was a high risk. We knew that, that it could happen. So you just augment your plan with an understanding of, okay, the risk of things not happening the way you, you want them. And that has a Absolutely. lot to do with like risk management and understanding that was, that's a whole nother. <laughs> there is a podcast topic. on that. You guys want to listen risk. to it. Risk management. Right. Yes. Agreed. But it's intertwined yeah. for sure. For sure. Right. So th- that's it. Uh, understanding that. Okay. The exercise in um, either you plan to fail or uh, I'm going to mess this up or plan to succeed or plan, you plan to fail, whatever. It's something I'm trying to say. That saying, out. yeah. <laughs> Don't ask but me. I'm that, the worst of those things. <laughs> but you know, the, the, the thing about it is making sure that going through that exercise of, of planning is still very, very important. Although, you know, things are not going to happen the way you want them to happen. Just having something to look at and say, okay, well, this didn't happen. This is how we can pivot because you've already had a thought press, a, 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 a thought process of, of that, how you want it to happen, that is a starting point. So it's better than nothing. So still go ahead and plan things out. Maybe not as detailed as before, because we know now things are changing so much more rapidly. I mean, look at you know PMI and the whole methodology in terms of like, okay, waterfall versus agile. I mean, the agile is taken over. So mm-hmm. I think mainly like for me, it's more focused on those principles and how to pivot and have a more of an agile mindset. I think that's, that's the future, right? So I agree. Yeah. Learning how to pivot. That is uh, learning how to pivot. Yeah. We need that on a t-shirt. Michael, (laughs) that will do it for our podcast on this topic of change management. I am so happy that you decided to join me to talk about it. You are so passionate about the subject and I just love hearing your your thoughts and your guidance. And for those project managers, or if, even if you're not a PM, just listening into the podcast, hopefully you found some of Michael's advice helpful. Michael, for people who want to chat more with you on this topic or other project management related topics, where can they follow you? On LinkedIn. That's Definitely. probably the best way to find me. Make sure I'll make sure that folks have a link to your profile, make sure to follow him, make sure to chat more about change management or other topics with either of us. You can also follow me on LinkedIn as well. And I will make sure you have a a link to my profile as well. So for those listening, please make sure that you give the everyday PM podcast, a great rating, five stars, all the good things to say about it. You can find us on Apple podcasts or any of your other podcasting platforms like Spotify, anchor, Google podcasts, all of them. So make sure to give us a listen, give us a thumbs up, give us a like, whatever you need to do to support the pod. Michael, thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, everybody, take care.